questions. I have my own craft of how I interview people, especially when it comes into the rock realm. I do a lot of research on the band. I listen to their music and I listen to their lyrics. And you can pull a lot of emotion. You can pull a lot of different questions just by one lyric. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Wendy Hernandez from HernandezFirm.com. Hey, Wendy. Hey there, Jared. How are you? I am fantastic. One of the reasons I'm doing so well is because today our guest is Shannon Hernandez. Shannon is a radio host and the man behind the show, Shan Man, at Arizona's Real Rock Station 98 KUPD. He is a podcaster and your ultimate social media and online resource guy. He is the genius behind ShannonJHernandez.com, a site that is packed with helpful blogs, insights, and resources related to social media. He seeks to assist small business owners in giving their marketing efforts a boost, making them more productive and more visible on social media through identifying the right online tools and building long-term relationships. Prior to his radio stint, Shannon was a high school teacher for two years. Shannon, it is a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the show. Jared, thanks so much much for having me. Where did you get that? Was that from my actual about page? Can we still be friends? <laughs> I don't even remember writing that. I, I suppose I'm going to have to go up and update that to make it sound less exciting because you made it sound way exciting. And if you don't mean that, I appreciate you saying it. This is your life, Shannon. And speaking of your life, we know that you're not afraid to enjoy a good music event at, or a concert. So let's go there. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? I can answer it in one fell swoop, and I'll have to say the very first, well, not the very first, my favorite concert of all time was probably about two years ago, and I saw the Foo Fighters play live over at U.S. Airways Center here in Phoenix, and I've seen so many concerts in my career in radio that I don't even know if there's one that would be my favorite, but as of recent, and that was a couple of years ago, it was the Foo Fighters. They just put on one heck of a show. I mean, it's just nonstop, like four hours long. They just don't stop at all, and Dave Grohl, he's an entertainer from the get-go, so I really enjoyed that concert. Sorry, let the record show that I would enjoy seeing Wendy Hernandez perform a cover of the Foo Fighters. Oh, I would enjoy that too. All right, well, we'll roll into blank versus blank and, and give you a couple of options if you'd pick one and maybe a short reason why. Go ahead, Wendy. Okay, so this question is kind of in the same vein, but a little different, Shannon. If you had to pick one band to listen to today, would it be Alice in Chains versus Tool versus oh, Foo Fighters? <laughs> <laughs> that's a toughie. Only one. Wow. Wow. And that's certainly I know that's not a question that Wendy came up with. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wendy just pulled that out of the hat. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's a real tough one because I love all three of those bands. Those are my three favorite bands of all time. So uh, Metallica would have to be thrown in there. But I'd have to say if I were to pick one right now and to listen to, like, say, for the rest of my life, it would be Tool. As you should. Yes. All right. <laughs> tool. I mean, I was, did a drive yesterday from California all the way from uh, Borrego Springs, and I listened to 10,000 Days probably three times on the way back to Arizona. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. All right. <laughs> Favorite activity growing up, basketball versus learning the guitar versus playing video games. Oh, my God. Jeez. I would have to say learning the guitar. That was my all-time favorite. I mean, I had basketball was a very close second, but playing the guitar, I mean, there was just something technical about the guitar that I really enjoyed. And, you know, Wendy can attest to this. It was hours upon hours upon hours of me playing the guitar. And then by the time she had gone off 
to college. I mean, my brother had gone off to college. I was learning the guitar really well, but that was whenever my parents made the mistake of buying an electric guitar for me. And the house probably from the outside looked as though it was swelling with noise. And I would come out of the bedroom and take a break and let my fingers take a rest. And I'd look at my parents and they just looked like they'd been hit by a truck. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Shannon, when I was fortunate to first meet you in person, one of the first things I thought was this guy probably enjoys basketball. I'm sure you did (laughs) because of my height, right? Yeah, (laughs) that was the clear giveaway. (laughs) Yeah, I loved basketball growing up. I was a big Lakers fan when I grew up. You know, back in the day, I was listening to or I was watching the Lakers play the Celtics all the time. Magic Johnson was one of my idols when I grew up. And of course, the entire Laker team back then, Byron Scott, James Worthy. I mean, I could name them all, but I was a big Lakers fan. And then whenever I don't know what happened, suppose I grew up and (laughs) I just kind of jumped out. And that was around the time when I started playing the guitar. And, you know, so I went from basketball to playing the guitar. So I wanted to be a rock star. I thought that was the coolest thing ever to be up on a stage and to play music and to, you know, influence a, a number of people with just music itself. And so little did I know that when I would get older that, you know, the art and craft of writing songs fell in line with when I became a teacher, you know, and you learn poetry and you learn different cadences of how you speak and oral, you know, speaking to an audience. So I fell right into it whenever I started teaching and was an English teacher. Which is more fun, Shannon, Google Plus versus taking selfies? Yes, I take selfies. You know, I have a lot of fun on Google Plus. I got to say Google Plus, a lot of people give it a lot of a hard time. But Google Plus has such a wealth of useful tools, you know, from the photos and editing photos. I mean, let me just take a real quick example of the photos section or that whole concept inside of Google Plus. You know, I'm constantly taking pictures, whether they be selfies, whether they be, you know, uh, landscape photos, it doesn't matter. But the tools inside of Google Plus are just so amazing. Yesterday, when I was driving back, like I said, I did a couple of pictures. I took a couple of pictures off the side of the road and, you know, there were some clouds in the background. And when I uploaded them into Google Plus and used the photo editing tools inside of there, it just amplified that picture. It just dramatized that picture so much. And so that's just one aspect of Google Plus that I love. Hangouts are another thing, especially for what I do with Wendy and her law firm, always trying to gather new leads for Wendy, no matter what it may be. And, you know, we got her implemented on Hangouts and um, holding a Hangout show, you know, whether it be private or whether it be a public show, but Google Plus is so much fun and has so much value behind it. Um, That's not to say you can't take anything away from things like Facebook, but there's just a different set of tools that provide value inside of Google Plus. So what's your answer to the critic that's sitting here listening and saying, well, I can do a lot of cool stuff with Instagram. What do you say to them? You know, I use them. I intertwine them. I use them both. If there's someone who's using Instagram, I usually take a lot of those photos that I edit inside of Google Plus and I post them into Instagram. I tend to get a lot of likes in Instagram when I post those photos. So, you know, just sharing them cross platform is equally as beneficial. The majority of my Instagram feed is, as you can see, is like it's a lot of sunsets, it's a lot of cloud pictures. And then every seventh day, at least I try to make every seventh day is a selfie so that it shows that I am an actual person that is <laughs> communicating on the Instagram platform and is just not someone else posting for me. It's actually me in there. So I do a selfie on purpose. And I just mentioned that to Wendy last week that the intention of a selfie every seventh day is to show that I actually do exist. 
Seven day selfies. That's good advice. <laughs> that is good. That's good, Jared. You know, and Shannon, you know, slowly rolling me into all of these features. And, you know, they're so robust, the Google Plus for anybody. And like almost every week, I think that Google comes out with a new feature that is amazing that can make people so much more productive in their work, regardless of what it is. But as Shannon mentioned, now he's trying to expand me and the world into other things like taking selfies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get Wendy to do some selfies, but she's, you know, she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Shannon, No, Wendy, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> All right, Shannon, we'll keep going here. We've been talking about pictures and we, let's talk about cameras. So finish this sentence. My camera is my... My camera is my weapon. <laughs> oh can you explain that? Yeah, man, I can take some serious photos, whether it be for the radio station or for myself or maybe for the law firm. It doesn't matter. My camera can tell a story no matter what. And quite honestly, my camera these days anymore is my phone because of the photo editing tools that I'm provided with Google Photos, Google Plus. And I can use basically the app Snapseed. But now since uh, Google has purchased that Snapseed, that is now baked into pretty much Google Plus now. So I'm able to take macro shots. I'm able to provide, you know, whether it be a selfie, a macro shot, a picture of a crowd. I took a bunch of pictures a few weeks back for a concert that we had for the radio station. And I was posting those out to the 98 KUPD Instagram. And just people were like, oh, these are amazing photos. I can't believe that. And they weren't anything special, but the edits themselves, when I go in through and I edit them, it doesn't matter how many photos. I could take so many photos and I can capture that one special moment where it can pull an emotion out of someone and people can go and they can like that. And it's just draws attention to the brand itself if it's for the radio station. For me, I love when people see a good sunset, especially an Arizona sunset. You don't get anything quite like an Arizona sunset or a New Mexico sunset. And when you see that, people just think it's so amazing to see a sky so red. So I take a lot of photos. You should see my phone. I have to actually delete photos out of my phone. (laughs) And speaking of Arizona, Shannon, I have a question. Okay. One thing that you may not know about Arizona is blank. I think one thing that you probably didn't know about Arizona is that there is a town called Baghdad. That's where we grew up, Wendy and I. When I was growing up, I don't know about Wendy, but when I was growing up, that was the start of the first Gulf War. And whenever people were talking about Baghdad a lot, and we had a bus that was that had on the side of it, it just like a charter bus. And it said Baghdad High School. When high school, we weren't allowed to ride that bus because they considered it a threat to the children. They didn't want someone to like, you know, explode the bus or do anything to the bus. So we had to just take these really rinky dinky, ugly buses. So that was one thing. That's one thing that you don't know about Arizona is that there's a town called Baghdad. Good. And just for people who might be curious, what was the mascot of Baghdad High School? (laughs) (laughs) I am curious to know that. (laughs) Well, let me start with this. The junior high mascot was the Sheik. And I don't know, Jared, if there was a Sheik, could you guess what the mascot for the high school would be? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot now. I don't don't know. You don't know. 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 Uh, That would be the Sultan. So we were the Baghdad Sultans. Yeah. And just one more point on Baghdad and the Sultans. You know, people might be interested in knowing, Shannon, what the surface was that the Baghdad Sultan basketball team played on. Yeah, that's a real interesting one. Wendy and I were lucky enough to experience that when we were growing up because we were called the Sultans and our basketball floor was actually carpet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So we had the magic All carpet. Right. Yeah. The magic carpet. And, you know, when we play, I mean, schools didn't like playing on carpet because they were so used to playing on wood and wood or some form of concrete. And 
That was very, very cool. You know, even though we struggled during my time in high school, we struggled. We didn't have a very good team. People still hated playing on carpet. (laughs) Wow. All right. This is very informative. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. Okay. So, all right. Let's talk a little bit. Some of the people who listen to this show are really tech savvy. Sure. And they listen to a podcast. So that makes sense. But then there's also people who just love me and support me. Hi, mom. And (laughs) Hello, Hello, Jared. uh, Yeah, exactly. And uh, she's not as into technology as the three of us. So what is your advice to people who are, uh, maybe scared is a harsh word, but scared or intimidated of technology or using technology and how could they ease their way into that? You know, I think it's just patience. A lot of it has to deal with patience. Wendy is a great example of that idea and concept and flow. You know, when Wendy decided and came to me, I think about over a year ago, and she said, I need to do something different with my website. At the time, she was paying just too much money for a company to basically share a post on Facebook, and then they were charging her thousands of dollars just to have this social media package. So when Wendy and I had decided to go ahead and rip her old website down and put a brand new one up, she, I believe, had only had some, if not just very little experience on, like, say, Facebook, zero experience on Google. Google Plus and Wendy didn't know really anything about creating email lists and email campaigns and videos. And, you know, during that time, it just took Wendy and Wendy's a very determined person. So for the person who is trying to really jump into the technology side of it, you just got to give it some time and patience and you have to do your learning and researching. That's kind of like what I do provide for people on my blog is that I provide Google Plus tips and hints and why you should be blogging. Things like Google Plus don't work if you aren't creating content for your own website or for your own hub. So, you know, just jumping in and getting your toes wet a little bit and just going forward. Now, here we are, we're over a year into Wendy's journey into, you know, her own law firm. And she's, you know, she wrote, told me, she sent me an email this morning saying, I wrote out my 21 email campaigns for you to help me out with. <laughs> I mean, she gets it. She gets it. She's writing eBooks now. The thing is that she went out and she sought that help and she asked for the guidance. Luckily for me, you know, her brother who's been in the space for quite some time and but, you know, she has stuck with it and has never gotten discouraged. I mean, even though she has gotten discouraged, I mean, I think, Wendy, that was probably something we had talked about last week at InfusionCon is that she was feeling somewhat discouraged about some of her efforts. But then whenever we went and saw a speech by Jay Bear, it kind of reaffirmed and reassured her that she was doing the right thing. So, you know, it's just patience and don't ever get discouraged. You know, Shannon is such a great cheerleader. And one of the pieces of content, Jared, that he has taught me how to create is the podcast. And one of the things that he is still honing and working with me on is the interview. So I want to ask Shannon, for the people who are listening, how do you prepare for an interview? Because you're a master interviewer. You know, that's a good question because it depends. I have my own craft of how I interview people, especially when it comes into the rock realm. I do a lot of research on the band. I listen to their music and I listen to their lyrics. And you can pull a lot of emotion. You can pull a lot of different questions just by one lyric. There was a great interview by James Hetfield, the lead singer of Metallica. 
If you don't know about his upbringing, his father actually left him. His mother had died of cancer. He was born into the Christian science, you know, religion, but he didn't quite agree with it. And so a lot of the lyrics that he had written about whenever he was, when he's playing in Metallica, especially the early days, they really related back to his childhood and how he may have not agreed with those Christian science beliefs. But there were some certain, there were other things that just not Christian science. There were other things. There were beliefs about how he should have been brought up. There was zero love inside of his upbringing. So if you pick like say lyrics out or if you're say someone who's a blogger you can pick out a line from say a blog and say I found this really interesting can you expand on this sentiment or this concept that you have written onto your blog and that can open up a whole new world of answers or you know or a whole new story there's a, another means in which I get people to answer something I ask something completely off cuff that doesn't even relate to maybe even the topic at hand because usually what happens is that that misdirection leads to some type of genius that is in there and it can lead to a whole brand new conversation have you ever listened to tool when you're driving from california (laughs) (laughs) i didn't do it all yesterday (laughs) (laughs) all right that might not be the best lead in okay fair enough all right shannon you mentioned in one of your blogs on interview tips about using a technique that comes from the magician's world called misdirection can you tell us a little bit about misdirection yeah misdirection it's so fun because in the magic world i mean i dabbled in that just a little bit when i was in my 20s and misdirection basically does and people know this and understand is that whenever you are performing the actual trick you have an audience focusing on one particular object they think that maybe that object is in that hand but it really isn't it's actually hidden all about sleight of hand and so as the magician is playing around with this area where people think that you know something is in the hand the other hand is doing something else that you would have never expected or has the big reveal there so that's what I kind of have you know alluded to whenever I had mentioned the misdirection is that in my interviews that's what I do I, I ask the question that misdirects or actually goes off the record or off the track because and I try to keep it within means of actually wrapping the main point back into it I asked a question an interview question about to this one band last a few weeks back about you know where do you get this energy from whenever it comes to being on stage and so he started answering the question and as he was answering the question my wheels were turning and I was really listening and then I asked him a question that related directly to his childhood and it's almost like being a psychologist you're just trying to pull the best answer out but you have to listen to the words in the interview that the interviewee is giving to you because that can give you an opportunity to ask a question that no other interviewer has ever asked before you have to really listen you have to focus and pay attention to what they're saying because that gives you that opportunity or that open gate to ask a question that is clearly way out of the cuff but still relates to your main topic That's a really good concept, Shannon, one that we have to talk about. But let's talk about you being an English teacher for two years now. (laughs) (laughs) Little known fact about the Shan man. So what was the best part, do you think, of teaching and what was the worst? Going home. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I think the best part about teaching was going in and seeing a bunch of minds that have not been exposed to very much and opening the minds of children and allowing them to see the light before they actually have to experience in the real world. A lot of what is inside of literature and a lot of the concepts and the morals of stories and literature, you learn a lot whenever you read with these kids or you do the worksheets with them and you learn about anyone who pretty much wrote anything 
pre 2000 or, you know, early 1900s or wherever, whenever there was the same concept that went over and over. You know, we try not to be vain in our lives. You know, the picture of Dorian Gray story, you know, there's a big moral about that and greed. And I mean, you just try to teach these kids these different values and morals through story. So that was one of the most amazing things. And there were some kids that really understood that and they still take it to heart and actually still contact me to this day. The worst thing I think that, did you ask me if there's a bad yeah. thing about teaching? Sorry, I got a little ahead of myself, but yes. Yeah. What, is, what was the worst thing? I think it was the bureaucracy of teaching. You know, when you would want to teach something that was maybe philosophical in content, you couldn't teach it because it violated someone's personal belief. Maybe it had been religion and you weren't really trying to get into like a religious discussion. You were just saying, this is the concept of philosophy. So I'd sometimes get calls from parents saying, oh, you were teaching, you know, Matt this week and we don't really believe in that. And that was just a real frustrating thing to face because, you know, people have to face sometimes these things in real life and they have to deal with them at certain points. And I don't believe that we should necessarily have to coddle our our children completely. But we should give them a taste of what they should expect when they go into the real world. It doesn't mean that they have to believe it. Great info, Shannon. So can you tell us what life lessons have you taken from some of your students? I'd have to say another one. It comes back to kind of the same lesson that you know goes along with you, Wendy, is that it's patience. You have to be very patient with kids and children. You can never do anything and get angry with children. They may frustrate you beyond belief and they may be disrespectful at certain times, but you have to kind of put it in your mind that children are innocent. They are innocent until they decide that they want to go over to the dark side and do something terrible. But in school, they are very innocent because they don't understand. They've never been out on the street or they've never been exposed to a whole different type of culture shock. So they're very innocent, I believe, up until they graduate high school. And so I've had to learn patience and not be angry with them. And that was a real tough lesson because I was, you know, growing up with teachers we had. Wendy and I were talking about this last week. We had one teacher. He would just get angry over the simplest things. And he had a drawer full of mad balls. I don't know if you remember that, Jared, but he had a drawer full of mad balls. And if anyone fell asleep in his class, he'd throw a mad ball at you and wake you up. And so that's just probably not the way to do things, you know? There's better ways to do that. So patience is just one lesson that I've had to learn. Man, I've dodged many mad balls in my life. So. <laughs> Speaking of the topic of education, one of the ways that we met was at a conference. So obviously you have value or see value in continued education. So how important to you is investing in conferences and then how do you choose which conferences you should attend? That is huge, man. Conferences could change your world. They can actually turn your world upside down and give you a whole new perspective on things. You know, not just for the networking, but for the sessions themselves. Last year, Wendy and I, we attended for the very first time, we attended InfusionCon. And I hadn't been to a conference since college. Back in college, it was all about the Residence Hall Association. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know everything that needs to be about a conference. But when I went to InfusionCon, it was a whole different set of circumstances. You're meeting people who are small business owners, and this is what they do for a living. Or you're meeting marketing directors where the company has taken them or they've sent them out to learn all this stuff. And that was the first exposure to email marketing and exposure to building a list and learning that you can't necessarily focus too much on your social profiles. Rather, you should be building a list and be building an audience. So the next question would be like, how do you find these conferences? 
you know, I think a lot of it does have to do, though, with social media. That's the part of the marketing. And, you know, I wouldn't ever known about you, Jared, if I hadn't ever subscribed or listened to Cynthia Sanchez's podcast. So it's just kind of one way in which you learn about the conferences. I mean, it was New Media Expo. I'd heard about it in the past. And I was like, oh, I want to go to this. I want to go to this. Well, by that time, Wendy and I were really kind of, you know, neck deep into rebuilding her website and starting her podcast. And I said, I think we should really go to this. I think we should attend it and see what we can get out of it. Some amazing sessions there. There was a session with Lewis Howes that Wendy and I went to, and it really kind of opened my mind up to digging deep inside of myself and understanding why I haven't gone over the hump of myself, really. And what is holding me back as a small business owner? You know, I mean, I do want to eventually do this and jump into the small business owner space. And I'm thankful and grateful that Wendy allows me to, you know, use her platform to help her succeed. But Lewis Howes really kind of brought it out to me and said, you know, what's holding you back? And I told him freedom, you know, freedom is holding me back. And then he says, what else is holding you back? You know, I just told him it's about people who tell me that I suck at what I do. And I know that I don't. And so I had to get past that in my head of saying to myself, you know, it doesn't matter what everyone else does. As long as I know that I'm doing something for the greater good for myself and I'm helping other people along the way, I don't have to listen to the other social media digital marketers who are telling me, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. You're doing it wrong here. It doesn't matter. As long as I know that I have the greater good and the intention, I know that I will succeed and get past more humps. That's awesome, Shannon. So let's help some more people and talk to them. Talk to them about podcasts through Google Hangouts on air. And that's something that you're an expert in. And talk to us about it. Yeah, this call right now is being recorded via Skype. You know, you pull the curtain back and people say, oh, how do you record your, your interviews? And can we still be friends? We can st- <laughs> you can totally be still, we'll still be friends, Jared. I promise you that. You know, but and Skype is a great way to record your podcast. I have recently, like what, say in the past six months, have really jumped into the space of Hangouts as podcasts and utilizing those as podcasts. There's a couple of reasons why we do that. Number one, when you create a Hangout, a Google Plus Hangout, your Hangout is automatically recorded into your YouTube channel. So there's one bonus right there. So you already have content that is now instantly being indexed inside of a Google search. As everyone should know, YouTube is, of course, a Google property and videos rank higher in search when someone does a search query. So you're already taking one step ahead of the game by recording your Hangouts inside of Google Hangouts. Number two, you can rip that audio down from your YouTube video into an audio program and it's already an mp4 so you can already pull that down throw it into a like say an audacity i think you can throw it into audacity i use adobe audition and it does all of that work for me i have wendy create her podcast her initial or meaty segment the one segment that is actually all the meat and she records that big piece of content into google hangouts and then i pull that down and then i piece it together in the final product of the actual audio podcast so she has her audio podcast which has probably about i'd say 10 more minutes of additional content that you don't hear on the video podcast. But she also has that video that can direct people back to her podcast, her website, just different calls to action, get on her email subscribe list. So, you know, we try to go in and we try to optimize those videos so that it leads back to the podcast and leads back to get on her list. Is there a difference in terms of the Google Hangouts on air as far as people being able to join in live at the time that the podcast is being recorded if that's what the podcaster wants? Yeah, there is a difference. I mean, when you record the Hangout itself, I think I'm answering this question right. I'll try to. When you record the Hangout, you're only inviting the person that you want to interview. If you wanted to interview a number of people, you could definitely do that. 
But it can get a little chaotic, especially within Google Hangouts. When you get about three or four different people in there and they all have something that they want to say, it gets kind of muddy. So if you hold the Hangout and you actually hold it as an event, you can get people who can come in and comment on the video, the live video that is happening. And you can actually, as the host of the Hangout, pull comments in and display them on your screen. And it's almost like having a live radio show that way. So you can create some great interaction and drive traffic you know, back to your email subscribe list or wherever you want to drive them to. But that is just one way. I hope that, did I answer your question, Wendy? Yeah, that was great. I just wanted to distinguish how it it's a little different from other podcasting platforms. Shannon. Right, right. And the other thing is that when you do record into Hangouts, of course, that's free hosting pretty much. Um, every YouTube video is free. So I would take advantage of it as soon as possible. No, that's a good point. Okay, so social media addiction. This is thankfully not your problem, Shannon. <laughs> is it better to focus on one social media platform rather than spreading yourself too thin, so to speak? That's a good question because we got back from the Jay Bear talk, and I think it was Jay Bear, and they basically said, you know, you can be on all these social platforms, but at that time, you're spreading yourself thin. Try to focus on one platform at a time. I tend to be a little bit everywhere, but I really focus and have my presence now more on Google+. The audience that I've already carved out for Facebook, they all listen to the radio. So I know that that audience, what I share to that audience has to be radio related. It's got to be something that's snarky. I've already carved that out. But where I'm actually providing value for, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs, it's on Google+. I have very rarely go on to Facebook and promote about my Google+. That's just like, you know, saying a bad word in church. You just don't do that. (laughs) And people just don't like that. Try to focus on one where your audience is. If Twitter is the place where you have an audience, what are you doing to try to optimize or to capture them onto your email list? I mean, this is kind of the common theme that I keep talking about. It's just how are you capturing them onto your email list? Focus on maybe one. You could probably focus on two. But as I learned in my early stages of social media while being on the radio, I had Twitter and I had Facebook and I had MySpace. And I was trying to manage all three at the same time. And I really had a hard time because I had some audience that was on Twitter, some audience that was on Facebook, and it was just like spread out. So then one day I just gave up and I was like, I'm going to do just Twitter. And I started doing Twitter for like a long time. And then I started building up this audience. And then the new shiny object came out and then it was Google Plus. I was like, all right, well, I got to try this out now, you know, (laughs) kind of an ADD problem. So you're a master at engaging with your audience, Shannon. It's really amazing. And you've mentioned before that you pattern your way of engaging after the book Crush It. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, you know, in Gary Vaynerchuk's book, it's about really, are you getting involved in the conversation and are you building trust with an audience? Doesn't matter where you are. Are you building trust with that audience? And when I read that book, I was blown away by it. I was just like, oh my God, he has made a million dollar company off of the fact that he just enjoys wine. He'll taste wine and he'll spit the wine out into a Jets helmet, you know, a New York Jets helmet. And it was so unconventional to me that I thought you could do just pretty much about anything online as long as you can build trust with your audience. So when I read that book, Gary talked about how he would engage with people on certain forums. That's how old this book is. You know, he's talking about engaging with people on forums now. And he would go in there and he would answer every question and he would say, hey, I've got this for you. There's a blog here. Oh, there's a video here. And soon he was starting to build this audience of people who trusted him because he loved wine and it was a very niche audience. You know, he knew that eventually he could sell to and it didn't matter how, where or when he could sell to that audience and he could make money 
just by having them on his email subscriber list. So engaging, 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 and being a help to everyone. I think that's the same concept that we hear, you know, throughout a lot of circles is that it's just about engagement and building. It's just another means to get people to trust you. Okay. So to break it down then, how can people get more engagement from their audience? I would say there's a couple things. You can look for conversations and it makes it easy now to look for those conversations in Twitter using the hashtag. The hashtag is probably one of the easiest ways to look for the conversation and answer questions or to inject yourself into a conversation. That's one way of doing it. And doing that on Twitter, doing a search for people within your location on Twitter with that particular hashtag is one means of doing that. That's one way that I do it with the radio station is that I look up the hashtag KUPD or I look up Phoenix and I just start engaging with people. Then they go, oh, my God, Shanman from KUPD just tweeted at me. And like to me, I'm like, yeah, no big deal. What's going on? How are you doing? And it blows their mind that they're actually getting a tweet from me. They've heard me on the radio for seven, eight years. And then they get a tweet from me and then it just blows their mind. But when you take it and you flip that around and you say, okay, well, let's go into Google Plus where Shannon or Shan Man doesn't have a radio station presence there. It's mainly just Shannon. I still do the same thing. I go in and I answer the question and I search out hashtags and I go into events where hangouts are being held. And I communicate with other people who are commenting on those hangouts and I engage with them. And then pretty soon you start seeing people liking your stuff and they can't wait for your content to come out. And they go, how come you didn't blog this week? Well, I was busy this week. So that's just another way to do that. You could do the same thing with hashtags in Facebook, too. My mind is still blown when you tweet me, <laughs> Shannon. So, I was told the same thing. I said, did you see that Jared tweeted me? It's true. It's true. <laughs> now I realize you're strategically not writing a blog post just to get me to tweet you. Okay. <laughs> Great advice on getting engagement. Yes. You don't tweet. always have to be consistent. Tweet right. to Jared and he will engage with you. Probably. All right. So rock stars or rock enthusiasts are typically perceived as being tough and long haired and listening to Alice in Chains and Foo Fighters. So what is your soft spot aside from saving kittens? Um, now, what do you like to do at alone time, quiet time? What is that for you? Uh, you know, man, when I get a chance and you're going to people are probably going to find this to be funny or maybe crazy. I really kind of like to work in the yard. <laughs> There's just something about cleaning a yard. And Wendy knows this. We both experienced it. We were brought up the same way, obviously. But there's just something that when you go out and you pull weeds or you're trimming the bushes or you're mowing the lawn or whatever, there's just something about that that is so relaxing and so fulfilling. By the end of the day or whenever you finish cleaning the yard that you can come back and you feel very, very accomplished. Not only did you get exercise, but you get to do a lot of thinking whenever you're doing that stuff, especially if it's alone. And I don't even listen to rock music when I do that. I listen to the very folky music, you know, like Nicky Bloom and the Gramblers and Ray LaMontagne. And that's just stuff that is way out of the box, what people would think I'd actually listen to. And when people say, oh, I listen to this Avengers Sevenfold album or I listen to this, you know, insert really hardcore name here. I go, oh, yeah, I listen to Nicky Bloom and the Gramblers. And they are talking about a song going to California and being in love, you know. And that's just what I enjoy because I've been in the space so long that you need something a little something a little differentiation in music styles. But I really enjoy the romance of music. That's a great way to unwind, Shannon. And but I have a question. You've lived your whole life in Arizona. And if you had a choice to move somewhere else, where would that be? 
California. I'd love to move to California. And I would say this and not because, you know, all these special social media people live out there, but San Diego would probably be one of the places. San Diego or Newport Beach. You know, I had made my way out to San Diego and Newport Beach a couple of years back for the very first time. And I fell absolutely in love with it. I mean, I had been near the ocean and I just think that that is one place I would really love to live. As far as traveling, I, I want to travel the world. I'd love to visit Australia. That's first on the hit list. I want to do yard work in California. Too. <laughs> Shannon, what were some of your worst or most embarrassing on-air radio bloopers or mishaps you've encountered in your 10 years of being on air? Oh, man. You know, because you're surrounded by so many people who curse, you yourself sometimes curse. And it was the first time I'd ever gotten on the radio. I was doing a seven to midnight shift at a heritage rock station here in town. And I forgot I, I did something wrong in the presentation. They're talking 15 years ago. And I said something that just didn't flow right. And I was being really hard on myself. Well, when I came off of the microphone, I yelled and I probably said some expletive you know, word. And then I looked down and the mic was still keyed and turned up. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get fired. And luckily, nothing happened. But then people called you out on it, you know, and so they called me out on it. And, you know, I was just a rookie. It was a typical rookie mistake. And, you know, I think I've only done that maybe a handful of times because that one rookie mistake has stuck with me for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, it happens to the best of us, right. cursing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to stay away from it, but it's just, you know, sometimes you just, you get too hard on yourself. We appreciate Wendy holding back the profanity <laughs> yes, on this interview. Yes, yes, I try. I try. I've had to get better since I have a three-year-old now. So, okay. so starting to wrap it up, Shannon, tell us who is doing something that interests you. You know, there's actually a guy that I ran into at InfusionCon last week, and his name was Alex Hogue, and I attended a session with him. Um, He's with BlitzMetrics.com. He did this whole presentation. He and his partner did this whole presentation on how you can advertise on Facebook and get quality engagement and drive traffic for just $1 a day. And it sounded kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, this is late night TV stuff, you know, where like, oh, but he has a proven track record and he's now working with like Jack Daniels. They're talking about a kid who is 20 years old, hasn't even reached 21 yet and is able to work with Jack Daniels and optimize a lot of Facebook ads and spending as much as a dollar a day to get maximum engagement. So I just actually watched a Google Plus Hangout on air with him a little bit ago, and I was just equally as mind blown as when I saw him at InfusionCon. So I will be following him a lot more. Uh, Shannon, what's the best place for the listeners to stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Uh, just go to shannonjhernandez.com. That's where I post a lot of my Google Plus tips and tricks and hints there. You can also get on the email subscribe list. And if you want to listen to me on the radio, you can go to 98kupd.com. That's 98kupd.com. Awesome, Shannon. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Tweet to Jared. Make sure that when you tweet to him, you say you wrote a blog about him and then he can come and read that blog. Because that's how I got a hold of him. You make me feel cheap. Do I make make you blush? I can tell I'm making you blush. There is truth to what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon and Wendy, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and best wishes to, to everything with the firm and the radio and you guys rock. Okay. Thanks, Jared. You too. Thank you, Jared. I do appreciate it. You have to be very 
very patient with kids and children. You can never do anything and get angry with children. They may frustrate you beyond belief and they may be disrespectful at certain times, but you have to kind of put it in your mind that children are innocent. They are innocent until they decide that they want to go over to the dark side and do something terrible. But in school, they are very innocent because they don't understand. They've never been out on the street or they've never been exposed to a whole different type of culture shock. 